Blog Talk Radio. show so glad to have you join us here tonight we're going to have a fantastic show for you it's going to be a wonderful evening thank you so much for listening to the alan alfred sports talk show definitely if you would like to join in you're always welcome here at the alan alfred sports talk show the phone number here is 516-418-5572 again it's 516-418-5572 and of course our great show is sponsored by a wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely check out any one of the four great flavors of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce right here at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. Honey mustard, classic heat wave and fusion and if you're really ambitious you can go ahead and see chef g's florida barbecue sauce right here at 301 south 22nd street in tampa florida 301 south 22nd street tampa florida let them know that the alan alfred sports talk show sent you and you're going to have a great meal and a great time with some great barbecue sauce in fact we want to go ahead and play a great song for Chef G, the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song, by, sang by Sam Scola. Sam Scola wrote the introduction song, so please enjoy another tune by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary, right there in Maine. The great songs that you're going to be hearing throughout the show are all sang by Sam Scola. If you want to go ahead and sign Sam Scola to a mega contract, please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We will put you in contact with Sam Scola. We'll make that happen for you. So here's the Seth G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song 
We'll be right back, and we're going to go ahead and kick off a fantastic show for you. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. Classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Wow, that's a Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you get that Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. We have a lot of great things to discuss tonight. And what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and discuss the NFL. We're going to go ahead and break that down for you, give you the predictions. We're going to go ahead and break down a big thing that's been going on this week, and that's the XFL, the USFL usfl merger and the great thing with that i'm going to have a special guest with us joining us his name is kurt swieger from the xfl fans den swieger's fans den and the nice thing about kurt he's an awesome collectible he has autographed memorabilia he's going to share a lot of great things about his journey with collecting both xfl and uxfl i will get his thoughts on the merger i have a lot of insight to share with you on that merger a lot to discuss with that we're going to go ahead and discuss those great details i'll also share my thoughts on colorado 29 point game the alcs that's going on right now i'll discuss those things too and of course we're going to end the show with some boxing big thing that happened in boxing showtime is leaving boxing forever a lot of Another great question that came out is boxing the number one sport. I'll share all my thoughts on the state of boxing and give you a fair assessment as to where it is. So first and foremost, let's kick the show off with NFL news. NFL news. One thing that happened this week was now there is just, you know, two of the three undefeated teams went down and that's the 49ers and the Eagles. Let me start with the 49ers first. You know, Brock Purdy has been winning just about almost every game. It comes to a point where no matter how great you are in sports, things will come and catch up to you. And I think the biggest thing that caught up to the 49ers, unfortunately, was the injuries. You had Christian McCaffrey that left in the game. You had Debo Samuel. These two guys are playmakers. 
What I mean by playmakers is they make just about any quarterback, you know, that much better. And how they make if you just get the ball in their hands, they make things happen. That's what playmakers do. You know, the 49ers, I think they'll be fine. They just have to make sure that they get healthy. And I think if they do that, I think their things will get back on track. I do feel as if there is a bit more trouble, though, with the Eagles. My concern is with the Eagles. I just feel as if you don't feel as if there's enough cohesiveness in the offense. And I feel, frankly, like the defense is, is lost a step from last year. You know, you get they get very little pressures onto the quarterback, very little sacks that you get. You know, the last year they were they were definitely you didn't have as much time to throw. The defense stepped up a bit, and with the Eagles, I just feel as if Jalen Hurts has has not been the Jalen that we are accustomed to seeing. I don't know if this is just because of the fact that he signed that big contract. He's feeling like he has to do too much. But I'll I'll give you an example. When he threw that last pick against the Jets, I can clearly see that he was going to throw a pick before he threw. Because he stared down the receiver the entire route, and he threw it right in the middle of the field. Those are two things that you don't want to do when you're playing a team, especially when you have some good corners. Even though they didn't have – that's how deep the Jets are. Their defense is very, very good. The fact that they didn't have two of their best corners, and they still was doing – locking up their wide receivers outstanding. And I knew it was going to be a pick because he <laughs> – Jalen Hurts literally stared the receiver throughout his whole route and threw it in the middle of the field. Those are usually two things that lead to a pick, meaning when the play started, he watched the receiver go all the way down. He didn't look left or right the whole route, and he just threw it to the receiver. I said, oh, that's going to be a pick. Because in the NFL, you have to, you know, disguise. You have to look to the left and then – do like Mahomes, throw a no-look pass, or you have to look last second, you know, look to the left, and then last, I'm sorry, look to the right, in his case, because he was throwing to the person on the left, look to the right, you know, pretend like you're throwing to the, someone on the right, last second, you throw to the left. You have to disguise, because if you just watch the guy run his route, and you turn around, and you throw it in a ball, and that's not like a sideline pass, or right, it, it is a good possibility it's going to get picked. And I said, oh, that's going to be a pick. Because, you know, the angle didn't have the receiver, didn't have the uh, defender, so you couldn't see him in the play. But I was like, oh, that's going to get picked, and it was. So I think Jalen Hurts just needs to get Devontae Smith involved a little bit more. You know, I know that this is what I'm afraid of. I know he's been getting a lot of heat from Brown to throw the ball to him, but I think you got to get Devontae Smith a little bit more involved. That will open up some things for for Brown. And then also, I think they need to be more complete as a team as far as offense. I feel like there's just not enough cohesiveness. And they need to get those things figured out quickly. Another thing that happened this week was Devontae Adams. You know, he made a a very glaring revelation that he said he's unhappy with the targets that he's getting so much so that he said that 
hey, he doesn't care if he wins or loses. He's caring about greatness. And he feels if his greatness is being wasted. And so he's looking to go in another direction. Even with the Raiders winning the last two games, the man is unhappy with the way he's being used in the offense. And he, like he said, he doesn't care if he, if his team wins or loses, he's chasing greatness. Well, this is my assessment on this. And this goes into play with a lot of wide receivers. They're just so self-absorbed. This is beyond selfishness. You just admitted and set out verbally that you don't care if the team wins as long as you're getting your targets and as long as you're looking great. That is, is the that classic that they said in, in that movie, white man can't jump. A white man is concerned with winning the game is what he said, quote, unquote, versus a black man is concerned with looking good first, winning second. Well, Devontae Adams basically confirmed that stereotypical approach, you know, where he's winning second, looking great and cool first. Look, I don't feel bad for Devontae Adams. And look, you got a big check, but this is you wanted the bag and you got the bag. But did you really think you were going to get a bunch of targets and you were going to continue to chase greatness playing for A, the Raiders, and B, Derek Carr as your quarterback. Like, I mean, come on, man. Just because you and him go back to college days and he used to feed you the ball a lot back then, do you really think in an NFL game that you can just lock down a receiver and throw to him 15 to 20 times a game and your team is going to win every single game and you're going to look great? Or in your case, not even your team winning every game as long as you get the catch 15 to 20 balls per game. I mean, what reality is that in? It's not going to happen in an NFL game. I just explained how Jalen Hurts, who signed the biggest contract in the NFL, made a rookie mistake by staring down a receiver and throwing the ball in the middle of the field. Just imagine if they're defending you and Derek Carr does the exact same thing. It's going to get picked every single day of the week or get knocked down every single day of the week at the minimum. You cannot expect as a wide receiver in the NFL for you to get 15 to 20 targets per game. It's just not going to happen that way in a team dynamic. Because what happens is if we just lock on one guy and they just continuously throw to him, you're not going to win a game. And then you're going to end up losing your job if you're a coach, offensive coordinator. You're just not going to do well. So football is and always will be a team game. As I mentioned to you before on the show, when I said the Raiders, the Raiders had a subpar record prior to you getting there. They didn't do too great. You came off a team like the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, and you went to the championship game. You going to the Raiders is not even in the same ballpark as the situation you were in as far as winning, as far as getting targets, because and the reason being is because Aaron Rodgers is a veteran quarterback. He knows how to look left and then throw the ball at the last second. He knows how to get you involved in short, much shorter routes. 
and he's he's just a Hall of Fame quarterback. So yeah, he's going to give you more targets, but there are going to be some games trickle in where you're going to have the number one defender on you or get double teamed, and it's going to be hard to throw the ball to you. I would have to say the last two games that you did win, the teams actually had very good schemes to make sure you did not get the passes thrown to you. They actually defended it well. Usually during the regular season, they just let Devontae Adams do his thing, but they actually came up with a scheme, and it worked really well. I would have to say Devontae Adams just needs to just take it down a notch or two, run your routes, they throw the ball to you, make sure you do your thing and catch it, stop with this nonsense of you not caring if you win or lose because it's making you look bad, and it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It really is. It's a team game that can't force feed you the ball 15 to 20 times a game. If you want to get force fed, you were, you were actually getting a lot of targets with Aaron Rodgers. So it is what it is. Another thing that's going on a lot in the NFL is a lot of fights in the stands. There's so many fights in the stands. It's actually making me consider whether showing up to a game too, because it's just, and these are not just little, little bit of brawls. It's actually something pretty big. You know, guys are throwing, throwing hands and groups fights. And then and, and what ended up happening is it's a situation where it's getting out of control. It's, it's really getting out of control where I feel as if people need to understand that, Hey, you're playing sports. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. You're supposed to cheer your team on, but at the end of the day, you got to be respectful of people that are in your section that are not cheering your team on, you know, they're, they're, there. they want their team to win and you want your team to win, but it's a, it's a common, there's supposed to be a common bound that most sports fans are supposed to have. You're supposed to have like, okay, all right, you're rooting for your team. I'm rooting for my team. You know, I'm not a fan of your team. You're not a fan of mine. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. You know, somebody's going to go, got to go home, losing the game. That's just the way sports goes. But it seemed like that's being thrown out the window now. And I just feel as if it's getting to the point where people just need to maybe control their alcohol. It's, it's, it's just, it's just getting too much where it's unsafe. It's unsafe for people to, to go ahead and, and enjoy a game. And it's causing a lot of this, you know, a lot of, you know, even me, I was saying to myself, you know, should I even go to a game, take my son? Because that's the last thing I need is for me to go to a game and people throwing hands. I go to enjoy myself. People need to understand that it's just a game, number one. And number two, more importantly, people need to understand that maybe you need to curb, as they say, curb your alcohol. Curb your alcohol. That might be the best thing to do. And if you do that, that should help out. But guys, just take a chill pill, man. I'm getting tired of seeing this. It's getting ridiculous. Take a chill pill. Okay, that's the that's the reason why I decided to get involved in in sports, not politics, because. The thing about sports is we're supposed to have a good time. That's the main thing about it. Everybody roots for their team, but everybody goes home and everybody just enjoys themselves. Not that serious. 
Having said that, we're going to go ahead and give you our predictions for this week. I'm going to do that for you in just a moment. Let me go ahead and go ahead and play another great Sam Scola song. This is the sports theme song by Sam Scola. I'm going to come right back and give you our great, great predictions and a lot more in the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Sam Scola song. There you go. Sports theme song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate you, Sam. So we're going to go ahead and give you our predictions for this week. So I got the <laughs> I got the Jags one right. I figured the Jags were going to beat the Saints. I did pick that one. And then we have the Falcons against the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to end up winning. They're not going to win the Crimsicle uniform, which is, I think, one of the coolest uniforms ever. Is that creamsicle Buccaneers old school uniform? That is a fantastic looking uniform, and they're gonna win this week because they're not winning that. They're not wearing that uniform. Unfortunately, it's it's not a winning uniform, but it's a, a uniform with great in. So, have the Bucks beating the Falcons? Then we have the Raiders against the Bears. Well, guess what? <laughs> Devontae Adams is going to be real mad because he, he's going to end up getting – the team's going to end up winning this week. They are going to win. That is going to be the Raiders. They're going to beat the Bears. Then we have the Browns versus the Colts. I have the Browns winning. So, definitely, that's going to be a Browns win. Commanders versus the Giants. This should be actually an interesting game. I feel as if the Giants are starting to turn things around a bit. But I do feel as if the Commanders are going to end up pulling out this game. We have the Lions versus the Ravens. It's going to be another very good game. But I do have the Lions beating the Ravens. Bills versus the Patriots. I have the Bills winning that game as well. 
Cardinals and Seahawks. I believe the Seahawks are going to do their thing and go ahead and beat the Cardinals. Got the Steelers and Rams. That should be a competitive game. Really, really good competitive game. But I just like how the Steelers are starting to turn things around a bit. I have the Steelers winning. Then we have the Chiefs versus the Chargers. You know, I think that's going to be a very, very good game. But I do have the Chiefs winning. We have the Packers versus the Broncos. I have the Packers winning. Dolphins versus Eagles. I also have that game is going to be a very good game. But I do have the Dolphins beating the Eagles. 49ers and the Vikings. I have the 49ers winning. And we're going to go ahead and take one of our great callers here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hey, how you doing so far today, Lou? Hey, Allen, great. Sorry I'm a little late. That's all right. Hey, better late than never. I'm glad you're here. How you been? Yeah. All right. Thankfully, it's a two-hour show, so I get some time to call in. Yeah, I'm sorry about last week. It was a crazy Saturday, but I will be calling in this Saturday. You got me. I'm going to call in. Good. Hopefully I'm the next two weeks, because, of, because next week on the show, I don't say this now, but next week, World Series predictions. Oh, wow. Wow. That's right. You know, definitely you're right about that. And But I am so bummed out the way Game 5 ended tonight. Oh, yuck. You know what? Texas I'm, had, I'm Texas not, had a chance I'm, to win it, and, and guess what happened? Mm-hmm. You know what, Lou? I'm not surprised. When the Houston mm-hmm. won and won that game, when they came back home against Texas, meaning when they played away, and usually the Astros play better away as far as their bats, their yeah. bats woke up. Their bats woke up in game three. And at that point, I said to myself, I don't, I don't believe the Rangers are going to win this series. I predicted Houston win the beginning, yeah. but I think that was a turning point right there is when the Houston bats woke up. Their bats are back. And I just think it's going to be hard for Houston. I just think it's going to be hard for Houston to come back and win this series. I really do. Well, I knew when, I knew once Altuve was going up, I knew he was going to hit a home run. I was even saying to Diane, like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And we I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I know I'm a like, lot of people have a lot of hate. Choke again. Yep. I, I hate to say it, but I think so, too. I think I think so, too. I just – in this one, I wouldn't even consider a choke, Lou. I just think that the Houston Astros have a better team. They have more experience. They don't panic. They just no, have been in this position so many times that, you know, one thing is, one thing that trumps exuberance is experience. And I just think they have experience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I think they're using it to their advantage. They're getting timely hits. You know, as much as, yes, as much as I do think the Rangers did cheat, Back then, I still think they do yep. have a very good team. I still think they, they – it just goes to show you that they had an edge by doing what they were doing that they really didn't need mm-hmm. to win. Does that make sense? Yes, but remember, boys and girls, once a cheat, always a cheat. That's true. But it's kind of like the A-Rod type of thing and, the you know, the A-Rod thing. A-Rod did not need mm. to do what he did to make it to the Hall of Fame and be a great player. He still was going to yeah. be 
the man, and he was the man, he didn't need to do yeah. what he did. I feel like that's what I think about Houston. I think Houston is a very, very good team. They didn't need to cheat. Yes, you got an advantage by doing this, but yeah. I think it was more of a mental thing than anything. Well, I did think I hear a trash can playing in the background in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning, though, so that wasn't a good giveaway right there. Mm. <laughs> I think I did hear a slight trash can. It could have been one of the players, the Houston Rangers players, banging their head against the wall because, yeah, yeah, I, I think the Rangers are done. I I just don't because another thing is this, not so. so much, that, not even so much that you got to look at it. Swerzer got to pitch again, and Swerzer is just not right. Yeah. It's not that he's a bad pitcher, but the guy's been out for so long. It's gonna take him, I say, at least three to five starts to kind of get back in the groove. I just don't see him. I just don't see him against that type of lineup right. playing to his par, and I just think that Houston is going to take advantage. Mm. Well, I'll but, put it to you this way. It wasn't as damaging as back in, say, 2017, and I think you know what I meant by that, of course. Yep, yep. Yankees tied the game with the top of the ninth. But the Astros tie in the bottom, and I believe I think you. And guess what? It was Altuve at that game as well. The guy can. I mean, you yep. know what? For his guy, I mean, he's got. He's he's a very very good baseball player. I mean, I know he doesn't have the size and the stature. He's even shorter, I think, than than Dustin Pedroia. He looks shorter than yeah. Dustin Pedroia to me. But yeah. he can play, man. Well, he can play. Size is everything, you know. It isn't. I mean, you know, the guy gets. I mean, he can he, he he hits a lot of home runs. He hits a lot of timely hits. He hits like a guy that's like a six foot three or something with a big bat. I mean, he gets he gets the job yeah. done. Right. It's it's just uh, the guy can play, man. He's a professional hitter. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, I think that that series is done. What about the NLCS? Do yeah. you think do you think the Diamondbacks could still win this, or you think it's what do you think? No, no, I don't. No, no, I don't know if I would call it luck, but I don't think that the uh, ask, that the uh, Diamondbacks you know have the power hitters uh, they once did. This is not the same team uh, that beat the Yankees. They don't have the big union anymore. You know, I don't even know how this team got to got to the playoffs. So um, I think Philly's going to be uh, you know, taking this one. So they won, so they won one game. Big deal. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree with you, Lou. I mean, at the beginning of the series, I picked the Diamondbacks, but yeah, I just feel as if now that the series has started and I got a chance to really see how they compare against each other. Yes. If I could have changed my pick after game one, I would have, because I just I agree mm-hmm. with you. I just don't feel as if the Diamondbacks have enough firepower to compete against the Phillies. They just don't. That's they don't have enough firepower. They don't have enough firepower. There's a mismatch there on firepower. And and I'll give the Diamondbacks credit. They're a scrappy team, but I just feel as if the Phillies, they just have a little bit too much firepower. That's just, that's what it is. I still am picking the Diamondbacks. Scrappy, I'll get scrappy do. Yeah. I mean, I'm sticking with my pick with the Diamondbacks. I'm not going to flip-flop, but I did see a lot of areas of concern after the, not even after the first game, during the first game, 
midway through it, I said, I don't know about the Philly, uh, about the Diamondbacks winning in a best of seven. I don't. Yeah. And yeah, they just don't have the firepower. And scrappy no. is good, but you're gonna have to be scrappy all the time in order to beat them. Yeah. And you can't be scrappy and still win if you're letting home runs up. No, unless you're scrappy, do. <laughs> but I did want to get your take on the Eagles versus the Jets. What were your thoughts on that game? Well, I really didn't think the Giants had one. I mean, the Jets had much of a chance against uh, the Eagles. I mean, considering, you know, uh, how they played so far this year. But um, the Jets managed to pull through. And uh, now the Eagles are no longer uh, undefeated. And uh, we're even now. So we're, we're making strides. You know, but I don't think we can rely on our quarterback to take us through, uh, you know, all the way to the end of the, of the, of the postseason. Uh, they're a long way from that. Uh, I did hear rumors that Aaron Rodgers might try to come back in time for a playoffs if we get there, but I don't think so. I mean, yes, he's making progress, but the recovery time is not going to be enough, and you know, I don't think they can. I don't think they can do much without him. Yeah, I was impressed. I mean, the, the Jets' defense is spectacular. Oh, sure. You know, not even having your best two corners in and you shut them down like that—that that was impressive. And yeah. I wasn't shocked that the Jets won the game. I'll put it like that. I wasn't really? shocked. I wasn't shocked. I was like, you know, surprised but not shocked because hmm. the Jets have been playing pretty good. Like, like the coach said, like the coach yeah. Salah said, we've had we've kept most of the quarterbacks, star quarterbacks, in check, and they did that with Jalen. They didn't let the team go crazy. And anytime you're playing good enough, where you're in the ballpark one play or two plays can make a big difference. And that's what happened when Jalen hurts threw that pick, which, which was a poor decision on Jalen hurts part. I mean, he literally looked yeah. the receiver down the whole way down the route. You didn't, you locked on the same receiver all the way down the whole route on a Tony on Brown. And I, even when the ball was thrown, I said, that's going to be a pick. And he, and it was, Yeah. yeah, Jalen Hurts, yeah, yeah, I wasn't shocked. I was surprised, like, wow, I can't believe. I, I was like, you know what, I'm not surprised because the Jets actually have a very, very good defense. I was The only thing that did surprise me, I would say, this much, Lou, is the fact that they was missing their best two corners and they still kept their receivers in check. I was thinking that their receivers was going to get some opportunities to make some big plays, but no, they mm – -hmm. They kept them in check. Yep. Yeah, they did. So, very good win for the Jets. I mean, that's that's huge. I'll take any way you can get. Yeah, so the Jets are doing really well, and I know what else is doing really well this weekend. The Enhanced Sports Show is going to do fantastic this yeah. weekend. In fact, let us know what you got cooking. All right. Well, of course, we'll take care of the baseball playoffs. Uh, your college and pro football predictions as well. Um, a look at the upcoming uh, NBA season, which starts on Tuesday, for real. NHL, yeah, we'll even cover the WNBA finals, much to my dismay, of course. Oh, boy, I thought maybe we could have had it. Yeah. We'll cover that. Uh, we also might be taking some uh, more Olympic news, and 
maybe some NASCAR playoffs are going right now, and I have a, I have an authority on, on that. So he'll take, so he'll take care of that uh, tomorrow as well. And uh, of course, all regular features too. The ridiculous sign of the week, um, the feel good story of the week. Oh boy, and I think it'd be an obvious one for the ridiculous sign of the week if you saw a certain game uh, last week in the NFL. Hint, hint. Um, sports trivia. Uh, this week is sports trivia as well. So remember, uh, four to six p.m. Eastern time. Uh, three to five in the central, uh, one to three in the western time zone, and uh, nine o'clock in Europe. Number is five one three five one two five four three four six six two. That's right, five one two five four three four six six two, five one two five four three four six six two, four to six p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, and you can catch Lou at the Enhanced Sports Show also on YouTube. Just type in Enhanced Sports Show. You'll see Mr. Wonderful, good-looking Lou right there. And you will be able to get plugged in on his great show between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow, Saturday. I'm going to make sure I call in. You guys got to make sure you call in, too. It's going to be a great show from Lou. Anything else they can expect to hear from you on Lou? Well, you'll see because, of course, I got a bunch of topics uh, going on. Oh, great. The owners tried to get with the devils. Okay. Diane's not happy now. <laughs> and neither am I. Yeah. The Islanders. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be a it's great. Early, it's early in the season, though, so I'm not I'm not worried about it right now. But ugh. every time the Islanders win, I just want to throw up. But we'll take care of all the hockey news and everything else tomorrow as well. So tune in. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube and type in The Enhanced Sports Show. Now, remember, do that as exactly as I say. Otherwise, it's not going to work, you know, because you can put in enhanced sports and whatever, and something different will come up. So type in exact those exact words, please. That's right. Make sure you do that on The Enhanced Sports Show. You'll have a great time. I'm going to make sure I have a great time. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow, seeing 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, Lou. Right. All right, Alan, thanks. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Always a great pleasure to have you, Lou. Really appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys tune in to that great show, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. And it's going to be a fantastic time. I'm going to make sure I call in so you guys do too. So one thing is, we're going to make sure we do is we're going to have a fantastic guest for our show tonight. His name is Kurt Swieger from the XFL Fan Swigers Den. He's going to be joining us here in a little bit. This gentleman knows a lot about collectibles. You can go ahead and that's XFL and USFL from 2021 version and even older. We had him on our show before. Make sure you guys check out our YouTube page at Alan Alford. Just type in Alan Alford and the YouTube search channel. You'll see our logo. You go ahead and click on that. You will find Kurt Swieger's interview that we did. You'll get a chance to visually see some of the things that he's going to talk about tonight. But, man, it has been awesome having Kurt. He's going to talk about the merger a lot of things going on, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be 
one of the great things about our show is that we give you a perspective from not just myself, but other great people. And these perspectives can really help you out in the sports world. So you can go ahead and just expect to hear some great content with Lou. Well, not from Lou. I'm sorry, from Kurt. We just heard from Lou. But if you do call in for Lou tomorrow, you'll get some great content from him. But, yeah, we're going to talk about XFL, the USFL, a lot of merging news going on. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure we talk about that. Another great thing about the XFL is that it, it's been one of those things that opens up doors and opportunities. And one of the great opportunities that happened is that we got a, our interview done with one of our players, Trevor Short. Trevor Short's an interview I did at the XFL Orlando Combine got shared by the, the Alabama the Albany Firebirds right there. And it was a fantastic interview. Got shared on their website, on their social media pages right there. Albany Firebirds gets a round of applause for sharing and posting up our interview with linebacker, running back, Trevin Shorts. Trevon Shorts and myself. Let me go ahead and play. Trayvon Shorts. So, yep, that's a great thing. Really appreciate it. And, in fact, we're going to bring you now none other than our great special guest, Kurt Schwieger from the XFL fan Swigers Den. Hey, how you doing so far tonight, Kurt? How you doing, Alan? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? How you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Have you heard about the merger in the news today? I have. I have. I have. And I'm hoping that it's actually incorrect because let me get your thoughts on it first and foremost. What are your thoughts? Um, I heard that the XFL is going to be down to four teams. Uh, that's insider uh, James Larson from Inside the League. And four teams survive would be San Antonio, St. Louis, D.C. Defenders, and Arlington Renegades. A 12-league team. Yeah, that, that's what I, I did. I did see that. And there's going to be four teams, like you said, the D.C. Defenders, the – Battle Hawks, the Brahmas, and the Renegades, which means that four of the XFL teams, according to these reports, I'm praying that is actually incorrect, but according to this report, four of the eight teams from the XFL are going to be cut. Yes, our teams, Orlando, Guardians, Vegas Vipers are gone. That's what I hear. This report is real, you know. I mean, it might be have some truth to it, but also you don't. We really don't know. Right, and the, and the two teams that I feel as if is in real peril is, unfortunately, which I don't agree with, is the Houston Roughnecks, and the reason why is and the Vegas Vipers. The reason why those two teams I think are in real peril of leaving is because they do, they do not have a stadium for those two teams as of right now. So those I two teams. Know it. Yeah, those two teams, I feel, are definitely in peril. And I think the next tier 
is going to be the Guardians is is next. But what what do you think about that? Those two teams, the Houston Roughnecks, as well as the Vegas Vipers. I don't like it. I think that they could survive. I think there's well, there's a lot of money, you know, that has been spent. I think, but. I think this is a good thing for them to merge. I didn't think it would ever happen, but I think it would be it will be a good thing if they merge together. And I think, what do you think about the XFL securing the trademark to UFL, United Football League? Is that cool or? I, you know what, I, I just think, Kurt, I just. This is what bothers me about this trade, about this merger more than anything. I feel as if this is a version of the USFL. I don't see where anything of this benefits the XFL. I feel as if the XFL is giving up the majority of what's going on to the USFL. I don't see how this benefits I, the XFL at all. I think so too. I think it's mainly going to be a USFL league, you know, really. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't see where, you know, anything, it, it benefits the XFL. I really don't. It's not, I'm not trying to be negative or anything like that. It's just like you're, you're losing four of your teams. And then I also heard the probably the thing that will upset a, a lot of fans, except for you, a lot of fans that are not connected to the USFL is the hubs. Explain to people why that would affect them if you have to go to the hubs. Yeah, that that there is when they have the hub situation, you could be, you know, a p- playing team. You're more or less like a visitor team wherever you are. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's yeah. it's like now, now the USFL is playing in Ohio. They have the, you know, the their championships there, where but they don't have an Ohio team. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's you're right. strange. Yeah, but I I I don't know. I think XFL is losing its uh, its grip a little bit. I cannot believe that they would go down to four teams and they have would have eight. Yeah, and and then you would have to go to the hubs too. That's another thing. Not only that, if they're gonna go to mostly USFL, you know, ownership as far as the majority. Another thing that's going to change is the schedule. I hope a lot of people don't understand that, that the XFL and the USFL are both spring leagues, but they have completely different schedules. Right. And, I mean, when are they going to start? Are they going to start in April, or are they going to start with the XFL uh, starting date of February? Or, I mean, it's all up in the air right now. Right. I, and I, as I mentioned to people that I feel as if, if you're a person who was not trusting spring football and you didn't really have a connection with any of the teams or the USFL or XFL, I think you're golden because you don't have anything to compare with. Nothing is being lost. You're good. You're kind of like getting more confidence in spring football. But I think right. anybody outside of that, unless you're from the USFL, I think anybody outside of that except for the USFL fans, I think they're going to be affected the most. You know, I'm not going to mention names, but I even had players even reaching out to me concerned already about this merger. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm I'm very concerned about it. I I just don't see 
like you said, where it's going to benefit the XFL at all. Yeah, the only way I they, see... Yeah, unless but, they, there is two more, you know, unless it's even and it's going to be eight and eight, like 16-team league or something. I, I don't know where it's going right now. It's it's pretty up in the air. But I got a lot of collectibles, you know. Can't wait to get on the show. Maybe we'll have another show next week. Hopefully we can have a real special guest. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know I if I can... Bag just yet. I don't know if I should let that yeah, know. No, I've been trying to talk with her, but I just, you know, back and forth. But I think we're feeling each other out. It was like I don't trust anybody on the Internet unless I know, know you, you know, or anything like that. And I've missed you, buddy, man. I've missed you, man. i missed you, too. I really have. I, You know, it's 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 definitely been a time to speak to you, with you. It's It's been something different. But tell people yeah. about your collectibles. Well, I have so many collectibles here. I got a it's like a mini museum here. I have so much stuff here. It's uh I mean, I just I keep get acquiring this stuff. I, people want to make deals with me. Uh so I end up getting a deal. I just ended up purchasing dirt from I mean, I know you're not into the paranormal or anything, but I ended up purchasing things from the Blair Witch Project, stones from the Coffin Rock Creek up there, and dirt from the house of the Blair Witch Project of the movie. I don't know. Why I buy this stuff, Alan, I really don't know. But I end up getting my hands on some really weird stuff. I bought – I actually got this. It was an auction. I ended up auction, you know – Placing a bid on Dana Kirkpatrick's uh, Nature's Bakery blue car that she drove, Chevy, back in 2016. I got a chunk of the car. <laughs> Excuse wow. me, but I got a chunk of the car, you know. So I'm saving that, you know. I'm saving it for later for a show that we, you know, hopefully we will do. But uh, I ended up getting a hold of it and. It's cool, but it, I mean, I don't know how I get a hold of some of this stuff, but I, I do. Yeah, and I guess since you brought it up, I would just say this much: if Danica is listening, I, Alan Alfred, would love to have you as a special guest on our show. There's so many great things to talk about. I mean, she's just oh, an amazing person. She is, and I, I've watched her. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of her podcasts on YouTube there. Uh, it's called Pretty Intense. And, oh, my God, she had Josh Gates on there. She talks about the paranormal. She talks about, uh, she talked to that Cavuto woman, I think, from the Long Island Medium. She was talking to her. Um, I mean, she's just amazing. She's all over the place. She talks about, you know, uh astrology and all this stuff, you know, amazing. I watched some of her podcasts. Her one podcast got a quarter of a million people watched that one show. I'm telling you, she's just amazing. She's smart, you know, and I don't know. She's really something else. Yeah, she really is. I mean, definitely I've, you know, been admiring all of her work and all of the business ventures she's been doing. So, yeah, it's a, definitely a person I would love to meet and talk to. And I think it's going to awesome. be a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. 
I think so too. Alan, I think she doesn't she live down your way. I mean, I, I can't remember, but I know she raced a lot down towards Florida. And yeah, you know when they used when she used to do the IndyCar sure racing. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually I got an an autograph from her. You know, I was just another person in the crowd, but she was so kind enough to, in between races, sign autographs as she's walking to the next destination and it was it was just a quick you know you stick your thing out there you get it and she was just walking on but you know what i appreciate it because and this was danica patrick when she was racing in her prime you know what i mean so i was just real happy yeah i mean yeah she you know so i would definitely love to meet danica Patrick. you got to show her the autograph Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have it stored and yeah, I still have it. I still have it. So yeah, that is cool, really cool. Man. Yes, it is. It's awesome. I I've, I've been actually listening watching the Raiders a little bit. You know, I used to watch the Raiders way back in the in the day when Kenny Stabler was the quarterback, way way back. I was a little kid then. But I've been kind of like getting back into the Raiders a little bit. Now that the Vegas Vipers are going to be gone, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to figure, you know, I'm a Giants fan a little bit, you know, but, and a Jets fan, I like the Jets a little bit, but, I don't know, I used to watch Vegas, but when Vegas Vipers came out, I really was excited about it, you know, I I loved the uniforms and the helmets, and I thought it had a good brand. So, so overall, what do you think about about it? They didn't Mm -hmm. have a bad team, I mean, I don't know what happened. They had Louis Perez, they had Martavius Bryant, they had a lot of good players on that team, even on defense. Yeah, I just think with the Vegas Vipers, you're right, they did have a lot of players. I think they would have been, they would have got better as the season got longer, but I just think that they took too long to figure out all the their pieces, to play better cohesively was going to take a little bit longer for them, and that's the reason why their record struggled. And, and just just like the Guardians, you know, the Guardians really had a good team also, you know. Yeah, they had a lot of great players. And that's why, you know what, this merger, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. What about you? I do too. And yeah, I, just, I have you know, a, lot of, a lot of mixed feelings about it. And unfortunately, too, I, a lot of them, a lot of them, more of them are negative, not because it's not that I don't want Springs football to work. I love Springs football, but I am much too. more connected with the XFL, and I don't see any benefit that the XFL is getting. Like, it's all like USFL, you know, they, first of all, you're cutting four teams. That's a big change right there. Some of the higher ups for people who don't know, some of the higher ups in the XFL have been let go. I and, know. Yeah, and and you know, look at all the people who are going to lose jobs. Exactly, and the fact that you're going to have hubs too. I'm not a big fan of hubs, and I'm also I'm not, not a big fan of starting the the spring football in April. I think the the great thing about XFL is that you know when the Super Bowl is over, it's almost like the party is over. You know. Then you get you feel yeah. like a lull because football is officially you know outside of spring football, football is over. 
But the great thing about the XFL is that it starts off right after the NFL ends, so you don't have that lull anymore. Yeah, I like that, too. (laughs) Excuse me. Not only that, Ellen, you know, when you go to April and then you're going to go into July, if you go into June, July, a lot of those hot, you know, places, it's 110, you know, it's hot football, you know. That is hot. I mean, that is, I mean, 100-plus degrees in the heat. Not only that, you play in that time of weather, you run the risk of running. (laughs) You're going to be in this. It's not going to be spring football, really. It's going to be more like summer tag spring, you know? Yeah, right. It's going to be really hot for football, man. It's just kind of hot. They have all that equipment on, you know, the pads. and, And I just think it's too hot for spring football. I really do. Yeah, it's starting no, that I late in the year. I agree. Yeah, I think me too. I think the XFL had a perfect starting date with February. Like you said, it starts at, you know, after the Super Bowl and then goes in. By the time it gets too hot by May or, you know, early June or so, the hot, hot weather is not hitting, you know. And so I think it's a much better scheduling. Oh, yeah. And, and, from a guy who was covering the Orlando Guardians where it's hot out there, that's about as much as you want to bear is about spring football, that heat. You go ahead and you wait till May, like June-ish, July. Oh, man. Forget it, you know. It's not football yeah. anymore. It's more, I don't know. Oh, yeah, me. and, it's, and you, you run the risk of dehydration. It's It's not good, but. Yeah, yeah. I know it, but it's been so good to speak with you again, Alan. I've been uh, so many, so much things has happened since I talked with you last with the XFL, and I thought everything was going good when the championship went. The Arlington Running won, everything <laughs> yeah. was good. You know, everything was looking good. You know, it I was, agree. Uh, you know, everything was really awesome. I thought everybody looked good. Everybody talked well. That. They were making money. They had to be making, bringing some money in because people were buying. But I did hear a lot about the uniforms and stuff from some of the other. Brandon Anderson of the comeback period was talking about, you know, like uh, the uniforms were not that good. I mean, I I guess a lot of people returned some of their items and stuff. But I, I don't know about that. I never, I bought some stuff. But like I said, I don't know about the, uh, jerseys and stuff like that I didn't get into all that but bought quite a bit of stuff but not jerseys and stuff like that yet I was planning on it now I'm thinking again I don't know I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure either and you know what and for the fans that are listening I'm connected with the XFL and I'm telling you right now from a guy who covers the XFL they are keeping everything ultra quiet. They're not making any statements. They're not answering any questions. You're not getting any information from them until they're ready to share that information. That's the way it's yeah, going it's, right now. It's very quiet. You don't hear nothing. Some things leak out like that today with that uh, Larson guy there inside the league there guy. Uh, he let that slip. I have no idea if it was just hearsay or something he's putting out there with his own idea of what he thinks is happening. I don't know, but 
I don't know what how gee, this merger thing took me by surprise. I didn't really realize. You know, I said to myself, I said the XFL merging with the USFL. I said to myself, I don't know. I can't believe it. And then I said, it's happening. I guess that's what's happening. It's it's happening. So I mean, and then I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I started hearing rumblings of you know trademarks being secured by the XFL, trademarks being secured by the USFL. The tra- I guess USFL secured some trademark uh, NSFL, something like that. NSFL, I think it is. The U- UFL. It's called. It's going to be they. United Football League or UFL is what they have trademarked. So I yeah, definitely do think they're progressing towards merging. I, that, that's, that, unfortunately, I would like to say I hope it's wrong, but it's leaning that way, and it's also leaning in a way where I feel as if the USFL is going to have the majority control because they own yeah, the Fox so. Network. That's what that's- it is. That's what it is. It comes right down to the Fox Network. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. And then with the XFL, the Redbird Capital have been helping with the in, income and the money and stuff with them. But I think I don't think Redbird Capital is really in it for the long, to stay in there long for years. I thought they thought maybe in two, three, four, five years. They would either be getting their money back or I don't know what they're thinking. They're not really, you know, I don't think they're in it. They're not a sports fan, so to speak. They're more of a, you know, I don't know. can't explain it. It's kind of strange, but. Investment company. They're in it for the money. <laughs> yeah, they're for the money. You know what I mean? They don't, I, I know they probably like the sport and stuff like that, but guys like us, we love it. You know, we've lived it and. You know, it's part of our life, you know, and so it's, if we lose it, if we lose it, Alan, I don't know, man, it's going to be strange. Yeah, and you know what, I, that's the reason why I love having Kurt on the show. He brings a perspective that you didn't think about. You know what, losing spring football to me would be a whole lot worse than having a league that's mostly USFL. You brought in perspective. I'd rather have... More of another bigger version of USFL and still have spring football than to have no spring football at all. Right, that's the way I feel too. And it's yeah. the way it's going is going to be. Uh, I'm not quite sure what we're looking at, where where it's going to start, whether it's going to start in April or of 2024 or February. But the way these little things keep sneaking out, it sounds like the USFL is actually taking right over there. You know, and them guys are just coming in as a USFL uh, under, gar- you know, I mean, under yeah. them. But, I mean, I can't yeah. believe it. I can't believe it Just either. I'm going to definitely, I, you know, I agree with you to your point. Everything seems smooth. It was a fantastic year in 2023, the XFL. They said they were going to come back in 2024. Everything was looking positive. Then all of a sudden, merger rumblings came out, and then they confirmed it. That is true. When they confirmed it that Thursday morning, around 11 o'clock in the morning, that's when I knew it was real. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying right now. We're going to get the news. We're going to get it when we least expect it or right around 
I don't know. They're saying some of these guys. I I watch a lot of these podcasts, like Brandon Anderson of the Comeback Period, uh, Mark Perry, News uh, XFL News Hub, and Michael Mike Mitchell. There, mm-hmm. uh, insider the XFL. He's pretty been following the XFL for years, and the guy pretty much knows what he's talking about. But these guys, they find these stuff out, and I listen to certain people. Some people I don't listen to because you know. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. Some of them don't. But <laughs> these guys, they, these two or three guys here, they, they pretty much, if they say something that usually is true or it's going to happen that way or close that way. But I think, like like us guys, you know, I put, oh, my God, I love the XFL, man. I, I think this is going to change the XFL. I don't know how the rules are going to be if they're going by the USFL rules. Or, Another great point, yep. You yeah, know what I mean? But- I mean... You're right. You're right. There's a lot of the rules, but we'll find out more. I do believe, though, Kurt, we're going to hear a lot more between now and the end of this month because they're getting close to that 30-day quiet period. You know, there was a 30-day quiet period. They they couldn't say anything. Well, towards the end of this month is pretty much going to be where you're going to start. I I believe all the fans are going to start hearing something towards the end of this month. I'd be shocked if they don't make a statement or say something by November 1st. Yeah, I know it's... Yeah, so we'll we'll definitely hear. But one thing is for sure, folks, there is no rumor, there is no Indus. We want Danica or Patrick on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Yes, we do. Alan, <laughs> yes, we do. Danica, if you're listening, please come on the Alan Alfred Show. Please. Yes, definitely. That is... That is correct. There is no... I have some collectibles. <laughs> Alan has some collectibles. We'd love to show you a piece of your history that we would love to have you on the show. Please, Dana, could be on the show. That's right. And we would... You I, are I in the driver's seat, literally. Yeah, I think so, too. I think You're she in the will, Alan, but I'm not, I don't want to say too much more. Okay. <laughs> no problem. But on that note, man, I appreciate you, Kurt. Joining us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Always a pleasure. Oh, I know it. And I love I love you, man. And please be safe. And I love you so much. And I thank you for having me on the show. And hopefully we're going to have a special, special guest next Friday. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I definitely do. I appreciate that. Right, and I Alan. appreciate you. Thank you so yep, very much. Right. I love you, too. Thank you, Alan, for having me on, man. I love you, man. You're a brother, and I love you. I always come. to If if you want me, I'll be here. Oh, that means so much to me. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. All right, Alan. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. You got it. Pleasure. All right. Later, man. Take care. Thank you so much, Kurt. Thank you for joining. Bye-bye now. Yeah, that is so awesome. Kurt Swieger from XFL Fan Swieger's Den. Really appreciate him. Love him. In fact, he gets a round of applause, folks. Yeah, that is fantastic. Definitely always awesome to hear from Kurt. And yeah, just to, to button that up, I would just say, man, I'm not going to, 
I'm trying not to be negative about this merger. I'm trying to just like block out some of the, the things that are not looking good because at the end of the day, I want not just fans to be happy. I want the players to be happy too. And losing teams on the XFL side would could potentially mean that guys who are playing for those teams could be out, so to speak. So I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that people who have said that teams are going is wrong and it all works out, but we will see. I'll keep you guys posted on that. And that's definitely a big topic, the XFL USFL merger. So I'm hoping I'm praying that it works out great on everybody's behalf. And now we're going to get into shift gears and talk about Colorado giving up a 29 point lead to lose a game. And that I watch that game and I'm telling you folks, yeah, you know, coach prime was right. You know, around halftime, the team got complacent and I will say a few things. Okay. For Colorado, one thing that people have said that I feel like I I do agree with some of the criticism on is the guys are, you know, when he said, when Oregon said they're chasing clicks, we're chasing wins. You do feel that way, like, okay, everybody likes to look cool on social media. I get it. I understand that we're living in a new world. Deion Sanders is around the same age as me, so he's kind of old school like I am. But I understand how these young guys are. They love social media. It is just this day and age, that's what it is. At first, I was resisting against it. Like, okay, what is this thing about social media? Okay, I get it. You, you know, you get a little bit of shine, but you guys are in love with this too much. And Gary V, I went to, you know, make a long story short, I went to a sales convention. Gary V was one of the speakers. He is a social media guru. And he kind of got me to see the other side. Like, hey, you may not love social media, but you need to learn how to make social media work for you was basically the theme. And I got it. From that point on, I understand it. Having said that, I feel as if their clout chasing for social media is becoming an issue. Okay, number one, you cannot, whether it's your social media manager or yourself, post up anything during a game. Okay. You cannot do that. It's just a bad look. Even if it's a scheduled post that you put on a timer, you got to turn that off or change it or whoever approved that you got to talk to them and say, you cannot make that mistake again. Or if you did it yourself, even worse. Number two, sometimes when you do, how do I say this? And make this sound not like I'm dissing because I'm not dissing. I'm not a hater. You know, I'll even tell you I had. I'll, I'll tell you that story in a minute. But first and foremost, Alan Alfred is not a hater. I'm just an honest guy going to tell you the way it is and what I observe. Okay, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm not a hater. So I don't want to be labeled a hater because I'm not. But another thing I have learned in life. What I've learned in life that I think will help out a lot of people when they come to a decision to make in life. I've always learned in life that it's better for you to do one task exceptional 
than to do two tasks average or slightly above average. Again, it is better sometimes to do one task exceptional than to do two tasks average, below average, or slightly above average. And what I mean by that is Travis Hunter just came back from an injury, a pretty significant lung rib type injury. I felt as if it would have been beneficial for him to have been limited on the amount of plays that he played in the game back. Cannot try to be a hero, I feel, in certain circumstances where you may have to limit the person's play, doing both offense and defense and running all those routes in a game. What I felt like happened is that he got spread too thin. And what happened was those bombs, deep throws, unfortunately affected him. Whereas if he played either one side of the ball or the other, I feel like it would have been better. And I could even use this as an example. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention the person's name, but a certain prospect, and there was more than a few, so I don't want you guys to already assume, but a certain prospect for the XFL showcase played both offense and defense. And let's just say they had a long travel to make the showcase. In addition to making this long travel to to make the showcase, they had to do this in a whole round trip, meaning they had to go to a, over 2,200 miles to make the showcase. And then after they made the showcase, they had to work out without any sleep. And then they had to do both offense and defense. Now, that is very admirable. That is you know, for you to have the drive and the passion to do that, that shows and says a lot. However, the product that the person is getting isn't your exceptional, your best, or your peak. Let's just call it for that. They're just not getting that that result from you. They're getting something that's maybe slightly below average, average, or slightly above average. They're not getting exceptional. And the ways you would have gotten maybe exceptional is if you'd have got there early, got two or three days of rest, proper sleep, some relaxation, especially going to drive that far, you probably want to take at least two days off. Not one day, probably two days off. Let's just be real. If you want peak exceptional performance, and then your workout would have more than likely been exceptional. The reason why I bring all of this up is because I felt like this happened with Travis Hunter. Another reason why they bring this up is I feel as if Deion Sanders would right now have on his mantle a World Series ring if he would have made a decision that, you know what, guys, I know that you're starting the league, you're starting the season, the first or second game of the year for the Falcons. I need to help out my guys win a World Series. That is my focus, and that's what I need to do. I can't do half here and half there. Just because you can physically do something doesn't mean you should do something, meaning he should have made a decision that I'm going to play in the World Series and be totally focused on that task. Had he done that, they wouldn't have benched him in the Braves game, and I feel as if the Braves would have won that series. Again. It's better to do one task exceptional than to do two tasks 
average, below average, or slightly above average. I've found that to be the case in life. I'll even use myself an example. I had gotten an invite to show up to an XFL showcase. I had to respectfully turn it down because of the fact that it was bad timing. And could I have physically done it? Yes. I could have physically made, you know, fulfilled the invite. But the issue was that I basically just came back from vacation with the fam. I would have had to come back in from vacation. Me and my family even talked about it. Then I would have had to quickly grab everything and go right back out. And I had things going on personally that I had to kind of be here to take care of. So I felt as if I, if I would have done all of that, the product that they would have gotten would have been maybe slightly below average, average, or slightly above average. They wouldn't have gotten exceptional results from it. It just, I was spreading myself too thin. And physically, I could have made it, but I felt like it wasn't the best thing for me to do because they would have seen a watered-down product, a version of me. So in lieu of that, I didn't go to that showcase. I made it to a showcase that I knew I was going to be able to be focused, exceptional, and deliver. And that was the one that happened in Orlando. And that one was the one that so many blessings came from because I didn't give them a version that was subpar just to say I did both or just to say I fulfilled it. In life, sometimes you got to, the rubber's got to meet the road and you got to make a decision which one is more important. I felt as if Colorado got caught up into, you know, hey, let me just say I did this just to say I did this. In life, you just don't want to say you did this just to do this because you end up, the person doesn't end up getting the best results. And that's what happens a lot of times when I get called in not just for the showcase, but when I get, you know, an invite for media, I will usually only show up if I know that you're going to get the best version of Allen. I don't want to give you 50 or 60% and just say, you know, I physically made it because I know that every time I go out and represent myself, I'm representing Allen. And I want you to see the best version of Allen. And everybody has a tolerance level, <laughs> you know? That's just a fact. So it's better to do a task exceptional, one task exceptional, than to do two mediocre, or average, slightly below or above average. So having said that, another thing that the Colorado needs to work on and do exceptional is cutting down those penalties. You, I do agree with some of the criticism on that. You're getting too many penalties, which is coming into play with being disciplined. You know, you got to cut down those penalties. You got to make the focus into winning more, showcasing and showing off. That's got to be down the list. You got to tighten that up. It's okay to, you know, celebrate after the game or something within reason, but you can't be celebrating during the game. You can't be posting up stuff on social media during the game. That's just a no-no. And this is a good segue to talk about the ALCS. Because I think Dion would have won the World Series had he made a decision to just play baseball at that particular time. I don't think the Falcons would have been that upset, to be real with you. I really don't. He, he, was, he was the man around Atlanta. If he would have came into the office and talked to them nicely, I really don't think they would have been up, that upset him missing the first game or two of the season. 
Having said that, we're going to switch gears and talk about the ALCS. I do believe that Houston is going to end up beating the Astros are going to end up winning and beating the Rangers. I'm more convinced of that more than anything. They're, they're up now 3-2. The fact that the Rangers lost that game so late in the game on a home run, a game where your Ranger player tried, was thinking about throwing hands in the ALCS, and you still lost the game. I think the Rangers are done. They're, they might win a game, but I don't think they're going to win this series. So even if it went to a game seven, I still don't think they win this series. It's 3-2 Houston. I predicted Houston to begin the series. Houston is going to win this series. Having said that, I agree. I do think the Diamondbacks are not going to have enough firepower to win. I did predict the Diamondbacks, so it seemed like I might be 50-50 on this one. But, yeah, after watching the first game, not even the full game, I did see it became glaringly obvious the Diamondbacks don't have enough firepower to hold off and beat the Phillies. So I'm predicting a World Series with the Phillies versus the the Astros. And I'll give you my prediction on that a bit later. But that's what I feel as if it's going to happen. And we're going to switch a little bit of gears here and talk about boxing. We're going to talk about boxing, folks. One of the the biggest news that happened this week is Showtime is no longer going to be a platform for boxing anymore. They are done with boxing, so they are leaving. They are out. So anytime you see a fight, it's either going to be on DAZN, top rank, one of these apps. It's going to be on another platform other than Showtime. And the reason why this was such a big revelation that Showtime is from, you know, been around for many, many years. Showtime, you know, shown some of the biggest and most memorable fights, including Mike Tyson's, all of Mike Tyson's fights. And the insight that Showtime used to give, I mean, it's just, it's on another level. They, they had a fantastic platform. In fact, they were the originators. And then all the other ones started years, many, many, many years later started creeping up. But Showtime is where it was at and no longer. And the question is, who's to blame for Showtime leaving boxing forever? Well, that's a great question. I would say it is the reason why Showtime is leaving boxing is because of boxing, folks. Who is to blame? Boxing, I hate to say this, as a sport is to blame why Showtime is leaving. Let me unpack that, what I mean. Boxing is, in my opinion, in my view, one of the, I wouldn't say the worst sports, but it's one of the most corrupt, greediest, grimiest, dirtiest, unfair, shady businesses models that you could ever deal with did i make that enough clear the sport itself is actually very good i don't think it's the number one sport which is the next question is boxing the number one sport no i don't think so and i'll explain to you a little bit more of that a bit later but let's go back into boxing boxing is just bad business all the way around number one why showtime is leaving is because most people are going to streaming now. 
So not too many people have a traditional cable system where they're paying $15 or $16.99 extra for Showtime, costing them a lot of money. Another thing about this, too, is people are stealing, you know, all of their pay-per-view fights. That's another reason. Another reason why Showtime is leaving is because of the fact that the boxers demand all of the profit. They don't want to share any of the profit with anyone else. They feel as if they're the the main attraction, they're the talent, and they should get, let's just say, the cake and eat it too. They don't want to share any of the profits. You got to pay them an exorbitant amount of money in order for them to get in the ring to fight. Okay? And then when they do get in the ring to fight, guess what? They're usually not fighting someone or they try not to fight someone who actually might have a chance to beat them. So this way they can protect their perfect record and say, I'm perfect. I'm great. That's why you should buy my next fight for $79.99. And then in a two or three fights later, it's going to be $99.99 to see me fight because I'm going to have three or four more wins fighting somebody who is not let's just be real, close to being as good as me or somewhat close or relatively close, but they're still not on your level because you need to protect that perfect record so you can keep charging $79.99, $89.99, or $99.99 to see you fight somebody who's not on your level. Okay? The amount of greed I have never in all my business dealings being a top performer in sales and everything, the most greediest people you will ever meet are in the boxing arena. Boxers, promoters, sanctioning fees, all, and then you have, I mean, it's just greed on top of greed on top of greed. I mean, how many people are actually legitimately paying for the fight? Come on now, you, everybody want to take a dollar and take everything out of the dollar, but let's be real. Really, most of the fights that are being watched are being streamed illegally. And then the people that are in the stands, all right, yes, you probably get a good amount of people from the gate, but you still got to pay, you know, employees, building site fees and all of that. Boxing is just, and then on top of that, when you watch a fight that's competitive, they don't judge the fight correctly. Usually the person who really wins doesn't get the decision. They always, you know, well, it was close enough. We're going to give it to the other guy. And guess what? If you want to watch the other guy, you got to watch him paying $79.99 on the undercard or something like that. It's just too much greed. It's, and I can't blame Bo- Showtime. In fact, I commend Showtime because they bring, they have a fantastic product. But they actually stood in there a lot longer than I expected them. When streaming started to come up and become a, you know, a significant option for people outside of traditional cable, I thought Showtime was going to go away to the wayside maybe about five years ago. But they actually hung in there. And who's also to blame for Showtime leaving boxing? The hypocritical boxers are also to blame. You have a situation where... I'm not going to mention their name, but a certain boxer took offense to the fact 
and they really explain how they're going to miss Showtime leaving. But this certain boxer came into the ring with a big chain advertising a streaming service in order for you to go ahead and watch their fights. So I'm like, okay, you want, you're upset that they're leaving, but you're advertising another platform for them to pay to watch you fight on. What do you think you're doing? You're bringing competition to the platform that you're, you're disappointed they're leaving. Come on, man. That's another thing. Hypocritical behavior. It's just out of the guazoo. And this is another reason why Showtime is leaving boxing. You have too many sanctioning bodies. Too many belts. Too much too many belts. I mean, a guy's not undisputed. He's only got three out of four. He and the other person who has the one won't fight him. He wants to fight somebody two levels above him. And then when somebody in between wants to fight, he's not interested in him because he wants to fight the other guy because he's gonna get more money from fighting the other guy. And then the guy who who wants to you know, who's who he's chasing doesn't want to fight him because he's two levels below and it's going to hurt his credibility. It's always that constant rat chase and no one, you never get to eat the cheese is, you know, it's like tune in more, pay your more money. And you know, this whole thing just keeps raveling around itself over and over again. I want to fight you, but no, I don't want to fight you. I want to fight that other guy. And then the other guy wants to fight me, but I don't want to fight you. I want to fight this guy two levels above you. And then if I fight you, it's going to hurt my credibility. And if I fight you, I'm not going to make as much money. So I'm not going to fight. You know, it's like, come on, come on. It's people's behaviors cause Showtime to leave. And this all goes into what I was saying is boxing the number one sport. No, it is not the number one sport. I hate to crush people who feel that way, but let me give you some proof it's not the number one sport number one boxing is not the number one sport because guess what there is no playoffs you don't get to fight the next guy who's the best it's not like Mike Tyson days it's not like those days where the best is fighting the best no the best don't want to fight the best because they want to protect their record and they they usually don't want to fight the best because they not only want to protect their record they want to fight a lower level boxer who they can get more money from. We've seen this behavior so many times. Hey, I don't want to fight you, man. You might actually beat me. I want to fight that other guy because they got a big name, big social media following, and I'm going to get paid a lot of money even though this boxer is two or three levels below you as far as quality and fight competition. I'm going to fight them because they're going to generate me more money. Yeah, yeah, that's who I want to fight. There is no playoff system in boxing. So, Here's a perfect example. We saw Terrence Crawford fight Errol Spence. One of the rare times we saw allegedly one of the best fighting the best. And I say allegedly because, again, there's no playoff system. But you had the two top, is what people would consider the two top competitors fighting. Terrence Crawford wiped the floor against Errol Spence. Now, I said for weeks and months that I think Terrence is going to win that fight, and he did which is outstanding, but nobody predicted a landslide. Not one analyst, not one boxing expert said it was going to be a complete wash. And that's what the fight was, a complete wash. So the reason why I bring this up is because the only way you're going to see if a fight's going to be a complete wash or a win 
you know, one way or the other is if you guys actually fight each other. We could talk all day long. I think this person will beat this person. I think this person will beat that person. But at the end of the day, until you get in the ring, we really won't know the result. So there is no playoff system. Guys pick and choose who to get the fight versus mandation of who you really, who is next. You know what I'm saying? This would come into play with a playoff system. Not only that, you have too many belts. They should be fighting and competing for one belt in each division, not three or four. And then if you want to have one person have all four belts, that's fine. But guess what? You can't split them up. Once a person in that 147 weight or whatever 154 weight gets all the belts, that's fine. That person gets all the belts, but you cannot separate them. Like, okay, have a playoff system, have a model in place where we're always competing against the best fighter against the best fighter. The top man at the top of the 147 or whatever weight crash gets all four belts. If you want to fight him, you have to work into this playoff model and fight him. And if you win, you get all four belts. The four belts never get separated. Period. Okay? Another thing is this. You got you got another reason why it's not the number one sport. You have guys who are 80s, 90s, 70s. Those are the guys who are judging the fights. You need to get some younger guys who have better vision, who can actually see what's going on, understand and comprehend, and maybe have a better resume as your people who is actually going to be grading the fights. There's too many bad decisions in boxing. And another reason why Showtime is leaving boxing and why boxing is not the number one sport is that MMA is, has replaced it. And why it replaced it is because MMA actually puts together more competitive best against best fights. Best against best fights run rampant versus boxing. Another reason why boxing is not the number one sport. You have joke fights. It's, it, to me, it, it almost feels in certain contexts, not in all, but a lot of contexts with boxing, it's almost like wrestling, but you got boxing gloves on. You get like the same vibe. Here comes Logan Paul fighting a nobody who is not even a boxer, who shouldn't have been in a ring with him. And then guess what? It gets broken up by coincidentally like 30, 40 security guards, a la Mike Tyson, ear bite fight. But where do all these guys come from? It was so staged and so bad of an acting job. Okay? And all of this is to just bring, you know, get a buck. You know, and I will tell you guys, since I am telling you that Showtime is leaving, and I am telling you boxing is not the number one sport, I am I wholeheartedly will tell you that over and over again. If you want the number one sport, you have to go to NFL. You know, baseball is still above boxing, world's above, and on and on. At least these sports, you have a playoff system. Playoff system. Even now in college sports, you have a playoff system. Okay? Boxing needs to have that. One winner, one for the belt winner per weight division period this way more people can kind of focus on oh this person fights in this class and he's a champion and the next runner up is this person here at least we have a better idea of the pyramid of where it goes okay and boxing and this is a guy and this is coming from a person who loves boxing i'm telling you 
there's a lot of it's a flawed system and another reason why showtime is leaving boxing is because guess what when a fight like terence crawford and errol spence fight against each other really the person who really wanted to see that fight is a pure boxing fan not really a casual fan reason why i say not really a casual fan because terence and errol not really flashy guys they don't really talk a lot you know they, they're you know pretty respectful for the most part unlike you know floyd money Mayweather, who used to talk a lot of junk and people used to kind of despise him so a casual fan would hear about him and then watch some interviews and watch him going off they would end up hating and be interested and they would pay money to see a fight for them to see him lose the terence crawford and errol spence fight you'd have to actually not be I wouldn't say a casual fan. You'd have to be someone who really is a fan of boxing to under, really understand that fight. And in that fight there, it was a very, very good fight. But that just goes to show you that a professional fight in boxing is rare. In MMA, it wasn't. And And with that fight, guess what? I had literally called three places around my way that typically would show a pay-per-view fight as long as you're willing to pay an interest fee or and or you're willing to at least sit down dine and eat there all three of them were not covering that fight at all they said all three of them said we got mma we got mma here we got mma if you want to hang out you know saying that would usually not happen years ago mma is moving to the side boxing because of all the issues that boxing is dealing with and have been dealing with for years. And the last but not least, there's too much corruption in boxing. It's too much. I, I feel as if the gamblers control boxing. You know, they control boxing and they control the line to the point where if you're betting money, if you're not a friend of somebody who's working on the inside, you're going to lose all your money because I feel like it's it's just so corrupt. I feel as if, yes, I do feel as if guys get just appearance fees and they hustle deals to just take, you know, nose dive on a fight to get their money. So boxing is is not the number one sport. It is not is not the number one sport. And the proof is in the pudding. You know that's why, you know, me as a boxing fan. Oh, and I wanted to bring that up to you. This is my recommendation as a boxing fan. If you do want to see fights and you don't want to pay an exorbitant amount of money, I would highly recommend you pay the 1099 and get yourself an ESPN Plus membership. ESPN Plus, to me, is worth the weight in gold. I'm only going to tell you what has happened personally. I, I feel as if it's worth that and then some. Not only do you get a chance to see fights, some very, very competitive fights on the top-ranked card. And you get to see them without paying pay-per-view. You know, a lot of very good fights. I mean, you may not get, like, mega fights all the time, but all those fights are very competitive and fights that somebody who wants to watch boxing who's into it would actually be very, very, very interested in. More so than I feel like I got value from DAZN. I'll be respectful. I had DAZN, too, for, like, two years. I did not feel as if I got my money's worth at all. I really didn't. A lot of times you get a chance to hear a lot of hype about, you know, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, 
unprofessional boxers. And I don't mind you trickling in one or two from time to time, but it felt like that's all that it was about, you know, wrestling, but with boxing gloves on. And with the zone, a lot of time when you used to watch, you know, you would have to pay extra for a premium fight. And most of Canelo's fights were premium fights. So, you know, I got a chance to hear a lot of hype from Logan Paul, Jake Paul, whatever they were doing. I got some not as good quality as far as the fights that I was getting from top rank. So I would say that the quality outside of mega fights was blah. And and the price kept going up and up and up. And if you wanted to see one of those prime fights, you had to pay another 70, 80 bucks, even if you had a membership already. So to me, it was just a cash grab. And that's what a lot of boxing is about, a cash grab. It was disappointing. I feel as if you want to pay for service, ESPN Plus is your best bet as a boxing fan to see very, very good fights and even watch some documentaries that are awesome. You won't complain about what you're getting for his content for $10.99. So that's from experience. So the state of boxing is, yeah, I wouldn't say boxing is in peril. I mean, it is. It is, it is, it is in peril. It's in peril for the sport because of the fact that even working in the media, I'll give top rank a lot of credit. They are very media friendly, awesome to deal with, fantastic, not cheap nickel and dimers outside of top rank. It's cheap nickel and dimers, meaning if you don't have a mass production of having at least, let's say, one million or half a million real followers following you, it's hard for you to get into most of those venues just because they're looking for the biggest bang for their buck all the time. And I would say a top rank doesn't work that way, but the other boxing promoters or events, they usually do work that way. So yeah, it, the state of boxing is you're always going to have boxes around there. You're always going to have people who, who want to learn about the, the sweet science of boxing and everything. And I commend the boxers and trainers and things like that. But I would have to say, if you're looking for something that's going to be sustainable for many, many years, you're going to have to, you're going to be disappointed. You know, boxing has now become like, kind of like more and more pushing towards an underground type sport. You'll see not through the mainstream, but through other avenues. And I think boxing will be fine as a whole. You'll always have your niche of people who will always love boxing. So I think the overall state of boxing be fine, but I can't say I disagree with Showtime's boxing decision to leave. And definitely before I leave, make sure you guys write down our phone number, 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. That's the number to hold on to. And call in to hear your voice, hear what we got going on on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk Show in the future. Also, I also did want to let you guys know what's happening. I'm going to try to get more involved in NHL and give you some hockey insight to help you, you know, understand what's going on with the Lightning and beyond. So I will keep you up to date on that. And 
let me go ahead and thank our great sponsor again, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Really appreciate Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. You can get all four great flavors. Fusion, Classic, Honey Mood, Honey Mood, Honey Mustard, and Heat Wave. All four great flavors can be found at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com, or you can reach and see Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce right there at 301 South 22nd Street, right there in Tampa, Florida. We're going to play another great Sam Scola song, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song, right now on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Sam Scola, really appreciate you and Mary. Sam Scola is the creator of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Enjoy this tune. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic. For chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's. Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you get your four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Definitely working real hard to get the lovely Danica Patrick on our show. Really appreciate if you would join us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We can do it either on the show Friday evening or day and time that works good for you. We could do it via Zoom. It's a great thing about technologies. We can make things happen. Having said that, Wanted to thank great special guest today, Kurt Swieger from XFL Fan Swieger's Den. Make sure you guys follow him at XFL Fan Swieger's Den right there on YouTube, or you can follow him on Twitter as well. Just type in his last name, Swieger. Let me go ahead and give this to you because <laughs> it, it is a little tricky. Okay, his uh. It's actually his full name, Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S, Swieger, S-C-H-W-E-I-G-E-5. Curtis, it's at Curtis, S-C-H-W-E-I-G-E-5. And you can always visit him at the YouTube channel, XFL Fan Swigers Done. Thank you, Kurt, for being our special guest. 
Thank you, Lou, for calling in. That is my guy, Lou, from the Enhanced Sports Show. Really appreciate that. And next week on the 24th, I will be a special guest. That is, I'm always honored to be a special guest myself on the XFL Insiders podcast. So I will definitely be a guest there. I will put more details on that too this weekend. And I look forward to being the EMC once again at Turkey's Bowl, Turkey's Bowl for Gigi's Playhouse. That is coming up on November 18th. I'm going to put that up on social media too. Make sure you guys come out and have a great night for bowling. It's going to be for a great cause of fundraising. Definitely for Gigi's Playhouse for Down Syndrome Inclusion. It's definitely something I'm honored to do. And I'm looking forward to doing that. want to thank Albany Firebirds again for putting up the interview. That was really cool of them to post the interview that me and Trayvon Shorts did at the XFL Showcase. You know, you just did an interview, and you never know who's going to watch it. And they showed up. They posted on their site. I was very, very impressed. Really cool. Thank you, Albany Firebirds. So all of you deserve a round of applause. Thank you to all the XFL players that participated in the XFL Orlando Showcase, especially, you know, definitely thank them all. And the players who interviewed and took pictures, thank them all, as well as GM and coach, Coach Terrell Buckley. Appreciate all of you guys at the XFL Showcase in Orlando. And this one coming up in San Diego, which is tomorrow, I will not be in attendance. I did say that in social media, but I definitely wish all of the players definitely the best wishes from the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. At the end of the day, you could talk about it, but you got to be about it and show them the work. You got to ball out of these showcases. And on top of that, pay close attention to instructions. You know, be prepared, get a good night's sleep, have yourself a couple of uh, Gatorade, you know, juices along with you, a couple of energy drinks, maybe some snacks. Just be prepared so that you have all your energy to ball out. Okay, ball out. That's the only two words you need to know, ball out. So I really appreciate all of you with the social media comments, posts, sharing, listening. It has been a delight. And always has been a delight to do the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back again next Friday with hopefully a speaker, special secret guest, either this Friday or during the week. I will keep you guys posted. And a lot of other great things coming up. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. And if you're looking to sign Sam Scola, please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I really appreciate you all listening. Appreciate you joining us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Wish you all a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Be blessed. Be well. This is Allen Alfred from the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Take care for now. And we're going to end the show with another great Sam Scola song. So appreciate you guys listening. Take care.
Yeah.